when I started getting the feedback, I was surprised. I, I thought, well, you know, people are covering this. People are teaching on this. Um, th what was surprising to me was how many women wrote to me and said, thank you for being a man and talking about this. Welcome to the Eden Podcast, where we true the verse of Genesis 3.16, and we discover that God didn't curse Eve or Adam or limit woman in any way. This is True Friends Friday. I'm Bruce C.E. Fleming, Executive Director of the True 316 Foundation, and we're the home of the Eden Podcast. Our website is tru316.com. That's true316.com. And our co-host today is Christy Fleming Goodham, who's a founding board officer of the True 316 Foundation. And she's going to introduce our very, very special guest. Go ahead, Christy. Well, thanks, Dad. He failed to mention I'm also his daughter, but I won't let you pass that one by. I'm proud to be your daughter, Dad. And I'm also looking forward to getting to know you better, Mike. I've heard some of your story, but certainly not all of it. So let's give our listeners a chance to know a little bit about who you are from Chino, California, right? Yep. So Mike hails from California, the Reverend Dr. Mike. You are a <laughs> Let's, let's get it all in there. You're a pastor, author, speaker, corporate trainer, and emotional success coach. And with your wife, Karen, you co-founded the Optimal Performance Group, a training and development company, as well as the Center for Christian Training and Development, which is a Christian training and development company devoted to helping believers understand the scriptures in its original context, as well as training Christians in emotional success skills from a biblical perspective. I love that. You've got 48 years of being in ministry and um, pastoring, and you've coached individuals in, and, and teams in Fortune 500 companies, live face-to-face -face trainings, and around. I like this. In the past 30 years, you've had clients in America, England, Israel, India, Greece, and South Africa. Yeah. That's a fun lineup. <laughs> um, and as well as authoring a few books, you've, um, you live in California with your wife of 35 years. Your three daughters, a son-in-law, three grandsons, and a granddaughter, also known as The Cuteness. Yes. I love that. <laughs> the the and I only the value. That's, that's exactly right. And I have twin girls and my dad, he just loves on those two little mm. girls, right? Like he best grandpa ever. Cause well, I can't say that. I'm sure you're also the best grandpa ever too, <laughs> Mike. Um, but yeah, there's something right about daddy's daddy's little girls and grandpa's yes. little girls. Something. Really Absolutely. Sweet. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today, Mike. I'm excited uh, to hear more of your story. Yeah, I am so blessed and honored, let me say, when I was asked to be a part of this, I went, oh, really? They want me to be on? And so, <laughs> when I saw some of the other guests you had, I was like, wow, they want me to be on. So I am really oh, blessed. On. Thank you oh, so yeah. much. <laughs> oh, Mike, for sure. I see all these books stacked up behind you, too. And that Yes. Well, yeah. Are you a book lover, book reader, author? Yes. Tell me about your stacks of books. Yeah, you can't see. I actually have in my office here about seven uh, bookshelves. <laughs> so we have seven bookshelves in my office. My wife and I have a large walk-in closet. We have one, two, I have three bookshelves in there. And then our garage, we actually uh, converted into a library. So we have a library in our garage. <laughs> wow. I feel very at home hearing about that. I grew up yes. with lots of books around the house too. 
Yeah, my, awesome. my, my daughters could very well, uh, they would say, yeah, my our dad is like that too. He, a lot of books, <laughs> our mom and dad, they have a lot of books. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Mike, let's jump into your your uh, personal story. We've got a okay. few stories we want to find out about. And uh, I, you know, we've, I feel like we've been longtime friends and we've interacted. And Mike mm -hmm. is one of our True Talk mm -hmm. people. So when we launched the True yeah. 316 Foundation, Mike honored us with his True Talk, which we put on our True 316 uh, channel on YouTube. Yeah. So, uh, I invite people to go back and see that. That was a special honor for us. Mike. Yes. That's yeah. a really good one. We should give that a plug and we should put the link to that in our show notes for this episode. Cause Mike, yeah, you, it's just a very articulate story of Thank how you. the true 316 message is changing lives in your context. And yeah. it's very inspiring. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well jump in and tell us your story. Okay. How well, did you first come to know the Lord? It, that's a, that's a really interesting story. So I became a Christian at age 14. Um, so I've been saved. I'm 58 now. So I've been saved for many, many years now. Uh, but it, it actually, I, I became a believer. My mother had moved to California. I was living in Illinois at the time with my grandmother. Came out to visit her uh, doing my spring break from school because I was living with my grandmother going to school in Illinois. And um, my mother had become a Christian. My brothers had become Christians. I, I thought they were just crazy. <laughs> my, my grandmother and I were like, oh, they've gone out to California and become part of some cult. You know, so oh. that was the view. My mother, I, I had a great love for science. And my mother, so she sent me for my birthday, a science book. It was a science encyclopedia. Somewhere I still have it. And she sent me a living Bible. And so mm. when I got back home, I, I took them out threw the living bible up on the table thought i'll never read that and was reading the science book uh, because my goal in life i had two goals in life which was one was to be a scientist i was wanting to be a physicist or quantum physicist the other one was to be a professional magician i used to do magic as a kid so th those are my two great loves science and magic um and one night i could not get to sleep it was about 2 a.m i had school the next day and i just couldn't get to sleep and I remember watching TV. I remember watching Ben Casey, an episode of Ben Casey, still couldn't get to sleep. And they decided, uh, let me let me go read the Bible. When, when we were little, my mother used to read to us Bible stories. So I thought, let me read some of those stories that she used to read us. So I'm going through it. Uh, one of my all-time favorite movies ever since I was a kid was The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. Love that movie. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so I thought, let me go read that story about Moses and the Red Sea, my favorite part. So I, go and read, re I went and read it. And I remember thinking to myself when I read it, wow, the movie version was much more exciting. <laughs> I just thought this is kind of boring. Um, so, But I, I went to the New Testament, which I really didn't know about. And saw books I had never saw before. First, second, Timothy, Jude, never heard of those. And then I saw Revelation. So I started reading that and God used that to bring me to himself. It, really? The, yes. The book of, it scared the bananas out of me, but, <laughs> but it brought me to faith. And so about 3 a.m. in the morning, I'm on my knees crying oh. by myself. My, my grandmother was at work. She was a chef. She worked for a, a restaurant. So I was at home and I'm crying. And I, I heard in my head because uh, I'm just I'm asking God to forgive me of my sins and everything. I didn't even know to do that, but I knew I, I was sinful. And so I heard whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I heard that in my head. Uh, wow. and so I, so I pray. I didn't know. I didn't know that was referring to Jesus. So I just said, God, save me. I thought God's name was God. So I said, God, save me. And as so many people have said, what happened to me was it felt like at that moment, a two ton weight rolled off of my chest. And it, it, I felt clean. It was, it was the most remarkable experience. So I was all by myself 
about three o'clock in the morning, between two and three o'clock in the morning in my grandmother's living room. And that's, that's how I came to faith. Yeah. And I, and immediately right after that, I had such a hunger to read the Bible. No one ever told me to read the Bible. I just had this desire to read the Bible. Interesting. Wow. That's amazing, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, so, okay. Take us into the, the future then of how you know, the second question we often ask is, okay, once you came to know, once you had faith and once you mm -hmm. began this walk with Jesus, how did that play out with the choices you made for ministry, career, just yeah. how you lived out your faith in a way that impacts others? Well, it's funny. Like I said, I, I, I really was planning to be a scientist and a magician. That was my path. I had already figured that's what I'm going to do. Moved to California to live with my mom. Um, and they, they were going to church. I started going to church. And when I was 15, um, I used to teach. Uh, my mother used to have a Bible study. So when she worked in Los Angeles, we were, we lived in a little town. Uh, well, not so little, but called Upland, California, which is about 45 minutes from L.A. And so she would come home on the weekends and we would have Bible study. And so one time she couldn't get home. So she says, well, can you do the Bible study with the family? And I went, yeah, sure. So I, I was doing the Bible study and I didn't really know anything about how to teach the Bible. I was still learning because at this point, I'm only been saved for a little more than a year. And uh, so what I would do is I would watch uh, ministers on television, copy their messages, and then just repeat it at the Bible study. That's how I started. I would literally, I would watch them over and over and go, okay, and take notes and go, okay, let me teach you this. And that's how wow. I started. That's literally how I started. And oh, it, man. It, got, it got funny because my mom, all of a sudden she couldn't make it home on the weekends. So more and more, I started teaching these Bible studies. Oh, yeah. We started reaching out to the kids in our neighborhood. So we, we led to Christ. All of the kids, we lived in an apartment complex. We led to Christ, all of the kids in our apartment complex. And I started having them come over for Bible study. So if you were to come over like on a Saturday evening, you would see about 10 to 15, maybe 20 kids just sitting on the floor and I'm teaching the Bible, you know? And so, um, and then people start saying, you're called to the ministry. You're called to be a pastor. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No, mm -mm, no, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a quantum physicist and a magician. So I have no desire for ministry. And one day I, I was in prayer and I felt like God, it was when I was 15 years old and he called me into ministry uh -huh. and I just knew it within my heart. At the time, I didn't know direction. I thought, okay, well, I'll, the only example that I had at the time was what I was seeing on television. So I thought, oh, I'll be one of these ministers who travel around and teach the Bible. Um, years later, I never wanted to be a pastor. And then I was about 19 years old, 18, 19 years old, and I felt the call to pastor. I had such a heart for God's sheep, and I wanted mm -hmm. to nurture them and care for them and make sure they were taught properly. But it started when mm -hmm. I was 15, and uh, people saying, you're called to ministry, which I was rejecting, and it was like, God was like, no, you are called to ministry. <laughs> can, I, can I back up for a moment? Yeah. Right, yeah after, right after I got saved, this is when I was still living in Illinois, I had a dream one night, and in the dream... I was fighting, and I didn't know much about this. I was fighting demons in the dream. Didn't you know? Didn't know what's going. This is, it. and I had this dream uh, a couple of times. And in the dream, now you have to understand, I'm only been saved for maybe a week. In the dream, I was on this chasm. I could look down, and I it was like molten molten lava, lava. And I saw all these faces, and it was faces of my friends. And it was like we were in this cavern, which I took to be hell. And um, and on the other side, it was there was someone sitting on the throne, which I took to be Satan. 
And so in the dream, these other people were following me and I was going after and I leaped. The, the, the person on the throne kept saying, don't let him get near me. Don't let him get near me. And I leaped over the chasm, landed. And I said, in the name of the Lord. And this sword appeared in my hand. And I was swiping at this demonic being. And I woke up and thinking, what the heck does that mean? What is going on here? You know, I had never had a dream like that. And I, and I went to school the next day and told my teacher who, because wow. I didn't know who else to talk to. So I said, I had this weird dream. And I told him the whole dream. My teacher looks at me and says, you're called to be a leader. Ah. Yeah. My yeah. eighth grade teacher. Yeah. What? I had no idea. And then years later, what's, what is interesting is years later, I get called into ministry. Uh, my mother, whom the Lord uses uh, to give words to people, she said to me one day, she says, you're called to be, you're going to be a leader of leaders. And I remember at the time thinking, I don't want to be a leader of leaders. I just want to teach the Bible. I don't want to be a leader of leaders. Yeah. Now I work as in in terms of the corporate work that I do, uh, I train leaders in leadership. So it's, and being in ministry and we're mentoring other young people in ministry. So yeah, that that was something that God early on, you know, he had, he had other plans. I abandoned the plans to be a quantum physicist and a magician and, and went into ministry instead. You know, moms have a big influence in our lives. Um, yeah. you're, you're, I haven't thought about this for a long time, but when I was uh, just getting ready to go into college, my mother was the youth pastor in our local church mm -hmm. and they had a little meeting and somebody said, you know, we ought to have a Bible study for our teenagers. And uh, one of the kids that was on the, in the meeting said, no, we don't want to have a Bible study, you know, in the church, it's cold, you know, the chairs are not comfortable. And then somebody said, well, why don't we have it in, in somebody's home? And they all sort of said, that's a good idea. And they all looked at each other and uh, there was a long pause. And then finally my mom said, well, we could have it at our house. And uh, then there was a question of who's going to lead it. And there was a long pause. And finally, and I'm not, I'm not there long pause. And the story is, well, Bruce could lead it. Uh, so, you weren't even there. I was no. like, you weren't even there. No, you I were voluntold. I'd never led any Bible study before. She comes home and she says, uh, we're going to have Bible study starting Tuesday and uh, you're going to lead it. Wow. Please. And she was nice about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would, I bought myself two little, you know, one volume commentaries on the Bible, I would read the paragraphs on the passage. And then, and in four years, we went through all of the New Testament. Wow. And uh, we would have kids, my mom sewed these extra big stuffed pillows, you know, the kids on the floor, they could hug the pillows, lay on the pillows, sit beside the pillows, whatever. And so we did that. So that's the way to start. Just, you know, yeah, that's how yeah. I started. Yeah. Same thing, working with kids and everything. I was very fortunate that the uh, church, um, I, I started going to a church when I was about 16, our family had moved. That church was very good about making a place for me and others for ministry. Right. So they gave me the opportunity to minister. I became really good friends with the youth pastor. I became kind of like her right-hand person. Um, and uh, it, it was just a wonderful experience. I had very positive experience and was encouraged a lot um, mm -hmm. to, to do ministry. That's so good. That's so good. All right. Now, here's something that you've been doing. And I, I'm, mm -hmm. I want to dig into this. You did a long series uh, I don't know how many episodes on and you had a good title for it too. I don't remember that. So we didn't, yeah. I didn't ask you in advance. So what was the series you just finished? And, and, and can you tell us about that and about the feedback and the response? Okay. Um, I, technically still in the series actually, uh, but it's, okay. it's called who's the boss. Who's the and boss? we subtitled it uh, women and men in biblical and cultural context. And the series say that one more time, just yeah, say that again. Who, who's the boss um, women and men in biblical and cultural context. 
Cool. And uh, yeah, I struggled with the name for a while. But yeah, I started that series um, halfway through the pandemic when, when we were still enclosed. Our fellowship couldn't meet because of the pandemic. Churches were here in Southern California in the area where I live. They were closed down. So what we decided to do, fortunately, because of the, the work that we do outside of ministry, we do a lot of training and it's a lot of it's online. So we were able to set things up online to continue to meet with the members of our fellowship. And I thought, well, why don't we just broadcast this live on Facebook while we're meeting? So we would have we what we were doing at the time, we would have a time of worship and fellowship with our people off screen. And then when I would teach, we'd broadcast it live to Facebook. Nice. And yeah, we 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 started this series. Uh, I had been studying the subject for two and a half years, uh, almost three years before I started teaching on it. Wow, nice. And I was uh, just really delving into the material and just trying to look at it from every aspect possible. Um, and so, yeah, uh, we did what I call the Old Testament portion. I did like 40 messages um, on Old Testament. And, and, and friends of mine would say, are you ever going to finish this series? Uh, and I go, yeah. And, and my wife would go, well, how long do you think this is going to take? I went, I have no idea. This is a lot of material to cover. Uh, so we did 40 messages just on covering women, men and women in the Old Testament. And now wow. we're into the New Testament. I think I'm into message number uh, 48, 49 now, but we're covering. So we're starting. I started in Genesis and went through the Old Testament. Now we're starting with the Gospels, looking at men and women. Then we'll go into the epistles. So, yeah, it's been it's been a long series, but we've been we've been getting really good feedback from people uh, behind the scenes, people thanking me, saying thank you so much for addressing this. Um, to be honest with you, when I started getting the feedback, I was surprised. I, I thought, well, you know, people are covering this. People are teaching on this. Um, what was surprising to me was how many women wrote to me and said, thank you for being a man and talking about this. That was what really surprised me. So what, thought, what what was the this? What, what were they interested in? What was the big stuff that, that you were teaching? Uh, one that I was going to such a detail that I was covering things like uh, uh, the, the whole Adam and Eve question. Was Adam created to uh, rule over Eve? Was Eve created to be subordinate to Adam? Um, that I was going, uh, I, I tend to be a very detailed person. So I, I go into the weeds. <laughs> and so, um, I'm, which is one of the reasons it took 40 messages because I was just going, you know, looking at everything. And, and I think a lot of them had questions. A lot of people had questions about these topics, uh, some of which either they didn't answer or it wasn't very clear, you know, because they, they would say, okay, well, we do see that Eve is created second to Adam. And, you know, we have the two camps, egalitarians and complementarians. Complementarians are saying that because Eve was created second and she's created a help, therefore she's subordinate to Adam. And I go, well, wait a minute, there's another way of looking at this, you know, when I was doing the research. So it was those type of things um, that they were looking at. And, you know, things like um, uh, Deborah was only chosen because there was no man to be found, <laughs> you know, and what do you do with your desire should be for your husband? He shall rule over you. Well, does that mean that Eve is going to have a desire to rule over her husband? and or to to dominate her husband what about that and what about the connection to genesis chapter four because the, the same word is used there so it was those type of things that i was answering those things i would i would read the complementarian position um one of the things i you know some of the books you see are some of the books i've researched but i try to, to go beyond just reading complementarian works egalitarian works 
I also went back because this is the way I was taught to study. And I said, well, what was the culture? What was the, what was the cultural context? You know, what are these words mean in Hebrew or in Greek? What was going on at the time historically? And so we try to bring all of that to bear because I really do believe that that influences how we are going to read the text and how we should understand it. Mm -hmm. So I was getting thanked for going into such detail on, on these things and bringing out um, nuances, aspects of it that if you're reading just the surface of the text, or as people like to say, the plain reading of the text, if you just read the plain reading of the text, you, you don't see, not understanding. There's a lot of culture and, and history behind this that we have to take into account. It's so good. Yeah. And so when, when Joy was doing her research on, <laughs> I think I'm married to a quantum physicist uh, on, <laughs> in my family too. Very careful details. And she says, look, Genesis 3.16 in the Hebrew looks like the King James. Mm -hmm. At least the first couple of words, because God multiplied two things. I'm going to multiply your sorrowful toil, link down to the man has that sorrowful toil doing field work. And I'm going to multiply your conception, link back up to the words against the serpent, your seed, your offspring will crush his head. But then in the, the modern English translations, you don't see that. It's just gone. It's just, right. it's just, it's just overwritten with a thing that looks like a curse. Yeah. And when we started teaching on the Eden podcast and, teaching these materials i started getting the feedback too saying this is great this i feel free i you know this mm -hmm. is wonderful and i'm i was uh, i was ignorant of that problem um <clears throat> that people were having and now i'm very alert to it and very you know so when you were doing your teaching i thought go mike <laughs> yeah well when i was doing the research i came across joyce research i was which so dovetailed with the research of carol myers who wrote a book called rediscovering eve Mm -hmm. And if I was looking back over my notes this morning and I was like, oh, wow, this all this, this fits together. This is a very plausible explanation. And what I would do if there was more than one explanation I would give, I said, look, there, there's there's different ways of looking at this. So let's look at the one that's most plausible, one of the one that it makes most sense of the text. Um, and, and, and if it didn't make sense, I would point out why it didn't make sense. I was going to make this just like the idea that the, the, the Hebrew term for desire means to dominate you know, to, to, to dominate the husband. I said, that, that just doesn't make any sense, you know? And, but then I would give the reason why complementarians saw it that way. And it was because of uh, Genesis chapter four, when God says to uh, Cain, sin's desire is for you and you shall rule over it. And I go, well, I understand why, but there's a lot of things that just don't fit because in, in Genesis three, God is talking to Eve and says, your desire should be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And, and so in Genesis 4, it says, God says to Cain, sin's desire is for you and you shall rule over it. People say, well, there's a parallel. I said, well, not quite. In Genesis 4, he's talking to Cain. In Genesis 3, he's talking to Eve. If yeah. it, was, it would be more of a parallel if he was talking to Adam yes. and said to Adam, your wife's desire is for you, but you shall rule over her. It, it, so it's not an exact parallel. And then there were some other things that I brought in. There were other complementarian scholars who's all, who also rejected that. And I brought in their research and said, look, these are complementarian scholars who disagree with this way of interpreting uh, Genesis 3 in light of Genesis 4. So, yeah, th th there were things that it was things like that, that I was getting feedback from a lot of people. They were writing me behind the scene. I was really pleased. Even there was uh, I've been blessed to have several scholars write to me and say, hey, Mike, um, and Bruce, I caught you one of them and say, hey, you're doing a good job. That was a great encouragement for me to hear from different scholars writing going, hey, we like what you're doing, keep doing it. And I went, well, that's cool. That's, I wasn't expecting that. So um, 
it's it's been a real blessing. And I and I when I started the series, I said I'm doing this for several reasons. One of which is you've got a lot of women who are called into ministry, called into leadership, who feel that uh, they're 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 they either they either feel like they can't do it because of traditional teaching, but they're struggling internally. Like, well, I think God's calling me to do this, or they're sitting on the fence, or they moved into ministry, but they have a lot of doubts because of all of these passages. But they're moving forward, but they still carry these doubts. And I said, I want to, I'm really doing this series for them. And the fact that I have three daughters, mm-hmm. you know, and I've raised three daughters and I've raised my daughters to think I've raised my daughters to be um, leaders, my wife and I, and what they're called to do. And I thought I wanted to be able to, for them, if they ever feel called, none of them at this point, as I know, feel called to ministry, but if they ever did that, they could go, well, you know, this is what our dad has taught. And this is what we've looked at. And to make sure that the path was easy for them, you know, and also for any, for any pastor, a, a guy, a, a man who might say, yeah, I have questions too, but it was primarily for those who struggle with the question of, you know, what, what about these passages and this, this feel that I have about, about, you know, ministry and leadership. Wow. I love I'll preach the word, preach the word in season, out yeah. of season. <laughs> yes. Every way we can. Yeah. Uh, we're going to put some links in this and we're going to have to do that. We can't cover it at all right now. 40 or 80 episodes is too much, <laughs> but so we can put links. Yeah. In the show notes to we're some true, of your we're stuff. True friends together. And this is, this is really great. And I, I hope I did. Okay. Christy in the way we taught you. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so thankful to have grown up with, with the perspectives and the, the, the empowerment that you guys gave me to, to be and do all that. God invited me to do and to live that out from my heart. I would love to wrap it up by Mike putting, I'm going to put you on the spot mm-hmm. <laughs> and ask you, uh, what would you say? How would you end this episode to women or men who have been on this journey, but they're just beginning to have their eyes opened to kind of the message of, of the freedom God has for women and men. And, and they've maybe held back or felt restricted much of their life. And they're going, Oh my goodness. You know, how would you encourage them to keep on in their journey right now? I would say, um, read, do, do research. There are, there are so much more um, materials out there now that can answer so many questions, like True 316, um, the books that, uh, Bruce, that you've put out, which I have a, a few of them, which as we're going into the New Testament, and I'm looking at the research you've done on Ephesians and some other things. Um, it, it's so the, I would say do your research, read, listen, um, and and seek to look beyond the the what I would call a surface reading of the text. Really look at the history, the culture, the background, because that forms so much. I, I, I've gotten a little bit of pushback on that of people saying, well, why do we need to look at history and culture? And I was saying, because, yeah, I, I was actually kind of surprised when I got pushback. Yeah, wait, that. what? <laughs> Yeah. Why? And and so I tell people, I said, look, the Bible, you know, John, uh, Dr. John Walton's famous quote, the Bible while written, while, while for us was not originally written to us. So that's something I try to you know, emphasize to people that this was written within a certain culture, a certain context. That has helped me tremendously in understanding the Bible. And in this broad topic of looking at men and women, it really helps when you start looking at, well, wait a minute. These these words are not written within a vacuum. They're written within a culture. They're written to a certain people who have cultural understanding of these terms. So try to understand that um, and and continue to read, look at materials that go that goes into that. Not not just I would say don't don't just read material that just simply goes 
um, well, and this is going to sound weird saying this, but that simply go, well, this is what God said, and that's it. And you just got to follow it. <laughs> or just, well, the plain reading of the text. That has become a phrase that kind of bothers me now because it kind of ignores the cultural and historical background. We need to go beyond that. So I would say if a book is simply telling you, well, that's just what God says, and you're just ignoring the plain reading of the text, and you just not you don't want to obey God. I would say go to the research, go to the materials that are out there, like what Bruce has put out, what your mom has put out, um, other scholars, where it also looks at the history, the culture, the background, the language. So that way you get a, a broad as well as a deeper understanding of what the text is saying. Love excellent, it. excellent. Okay, so Mike, what we've done, a little commercial here, what we tried to do is to cater to people's learning styles. Some people are mm -hmm. listeners. We've got the Eden podcast. Some people are readers. We've got the Think Again, the, the Eden book series. But some people like to discuss it and talk about it. And so what we've done is, for example, this one, the Book of Eden. So we try to do this so people can take two weeks and we get on a small group Zoom conversation and several evenings, one week and several evenings the next week, we just go through this hmm. and uh, we can discuss it and we can learn it. And then when they get done, people go, I feel so much better. <laughs> I, I feel so much better. So if people would like to take one of these workshops, it's pretty easy. Just go to our website. It's tru316.com. So true316.com slash workshop. So if you go to true316.com slash workshop, you can sign up and get in on the next workshop that we're doing. And then some people have already, we've had, you know, more than a hundred people go through this now. And some mm -hmm. of them had done all four. And I've been really happy to be able to give them a certificate. Congratulations. You've completed the cycle. And, uh, and we encourage people to go ahead and sign up, just get involved. True316.com slash workshop. So Christy, can you close us out here? Done with my commercial. Oh, yeah. No, Mike, you wrapped it up beautifully with your encouragement to to go back to the word and to um, look at the context and the historical context. So thank you. I just I want to wrap it up by just saying thanks, Mike. Thanks for your careful research. Thanks for your love and care for the sheep, for pastoring, for infusing that into your children. Even if they don't go the ministry route, they're carrying that DNA and that love for God and his heart who shepherds us. So thanks for taking time with us today, Mike. We've enjoyed having you on our on our podcast today. We appreciate you, Mike. Loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. You bet. True 316 Foundation is the home of the Eden Podcast. Join us for $3.16 a month or more. Let's true the verses on the key passages on women and men. Go to true316.com slash partner.